business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. It's 12 minutes past 9. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons and giving me exactly one second warning that we're going on air. It's really rewarding being in this position and sitting in this chair where you see things around the city. You see different adverts. You see different billboards. Last week, I spoke to a gentleman who's, who's Business has really mushroomed, and we saw the the big building up in Pretoria going up. But today, sitting in front of me is a lady whose advert I see almost every single day that I come home, and it's telling me about that there's there's no um, hidden there's no hidden information. Everything's transparent. Everything's there. There's no guesswork, and that's the founder of the company called Yalu, and that is Tlalani Ntuli. Welcome to High FM. Hi, Avi. Thanks so much for having me. Good. Thank you so much for coming in. Let's jump straight into it because we don't have a lot of time. Mm. I usually, as I said to you earlier, ask these questions towards the end, give you a time to to just expand a little bit as to how you got to where you are today. But because we're short of time, let's rather start there. Who are you? I've got your CV. It's, Mm. It's very impressive. But that's great. So you've got some wonderful jobs and you did some good things in corporate. But you came from somewhere in order to get there. Yeah. And this maybe just give us the, the milieu, the environment as to where you came from, what you did, how you got into business, and how, and why you decided to go out on your own. Great question. Great that we're starting with it because it's always nice to know who you're talking to. Um, so I originate actually. No, I did from check. You haven't got a formal <laughs> record. It's fine. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, I originally come from Lesotho. Um, I was raised in Lesotho, but did some stints in Joburg. I graduated, um, at UCT and I was raised by, um, parents that were very determined and very hardworking. Um, who really instilled the principle of uh, working hard in order to um, achieve what you are looking to achieve in life. So that's really the principle with which I was raised and I watched my parents. So it wasn't just them saying it, it was also watching them do it, you know. Um, My mother was um, actually a teacher by profession, but she very quickly moved up um, the, the, the ladder within the government in Lesotho and ended up being the director of curriculum for the whole country. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and my father also got a really senior role in government in Lesotho. So, so having watched um, that as a child, I realized that it's kind of ingrained in me. I don't know any better but to work hard. So that's kind of how um, I started even at university. Um, I did a Bachelor of Social Science actually in, in, in HR, which I never worked in, and then I did a marketing post-grad afterward. And it's interesting because there's often this misconception that social science or Bachelors of Arts are, um, you know, degrees that are inferior to commerce and, and sciences and, and, you know, you name it. But, you know, don't do Bachelor of Science um, or Bachelor of Social Science, parents will say. It's a misconception because I think, for me, education ultimately is about creating a foundation from which you springboard springboard yourself. So whether it's a Bachelor of Arts or a Bachelor of Social Science or a Bachelor of Commerce, 
ultimately you've got um, the foundation from which to springboard yourself in your career. And that's really how we need to look at education. Yes, you you know, in the more technical fields, you get to learn more technical um, principles. But really, I don't think that sh- we should be looking at any type of degree as being any inferior than the other. I think that's probably topical right now with, you know, a lot of the metrics thinking about what to do um, in, 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 you know, for their careers now that they're going into university. Jalani, were you passionate about what you did at Varsity? Um, I was passionate about not failing. <laughs> <laughs> So I never did. I mean, a lot of my friends around me would repeat courses. They would, you know, have to go and do two courses again. I never failed a single course in the time that I was there. Um, Was that directly correlated to the amount of time you spent behind your desk as opposed to being out and doing other social things? Absolutely. So when everybody else was out partying, I was out working. Um, and I worked extremely hard in varsity, more, probably more so than I did in a lot of my, um, in a lot of the jobs that I later held. Um, and really I didn't want to disappoint my parents. They had worked incredibly hard. They were from really difficult, um, my father particularly very difficult background. And I wanted to make them proud. So I really gave it my all. After varsity, um, I joined financial services companies. Um, I started in Lesotho at NetBank. I moved to South Africa and I've worked for various brands, including Absa and Liberty. And, you know, it's, it's quite broad. I see Mutual, but I don't see Absa or Liberty here. That's great. <laughs> FMB? Yeah. So um, I, w- I ended up at FMB. Um, I first started at FMB in a division called Financial Advisory. Um, which looked after the financial advisors of the business, which are a channel, and I was head of marketing there. A channel or a challenge? No, channel. That was a joke. <laughs> channel. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> um, and so after that, I moved to um, the life business within F&B, which was, you know, a, 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 a business unit that was newly formed with a really exciting future, great leadership, um, great team. It was profiled, um, you know, at one of the leadership uh, conferences as being the future of the business and, and so I was excited to join that particular, uh, business unit. But that's actually, I think, where I, um, sort of honed or, or I got, how can I put this? I, I got to the pinnacle of, of my career within corporate and I realized that I wanted more for myself and that more didn't necessarily come in the form of money. Um, or material things because up until that point I was pushing myself because I I felt like you know achievement meant driving a better car having a better house you know wearing a better bag whatever it was and I had always kind of defined myself in that manner but when I got to that point for the first time in my life I was um, maybe not in my life but since I started working I realized that I was unhappy, not because of what I was earning, but because I wasn't fulfilled as an individual. And therefore, my goal started to become different. I was now starting to look for fulfillment um, in what I do every day. And I did, I wasn't finding it in, in the space that I was at. In particular, I was looking for fulfillment that speaks to how customers are treated and how we make a difference as corporate in the life of the end user of the products that we bring out to market. Just before we go there, and I can tell you now, we're going to run out of time. So you have to commit now on air publicly to come back <laughs> because I want to unwrap the business part of your, of, of your, of your whole career later. Sure. Because what we're really doing now is I can tell you now there are 
parents, there are graduates, there are kids in matric, guys or girls who just finished matric. I, as a parent, just had a conversation now with one of my kids overseas mm. who's at a crossroads as to what to do with his career. And I'm listening to you talk, and you have sliced through all the clutter and mm. all the pollution mm. that is thrown at us. And you've got to the heart of the issue is mm. that, number one, you've got to graft hard. That's yeah. the first thing. The few people are gifted and they don't have to. Well, that's the issue. Second of all, do what you're passionate about. Yeah. Do, do what, what makes you move. And third of all, never become complacent. Yeah. Always look forward. And I must say, the house, the car are important Absolutely. because they give you milestones to reach. <laughs> and yes, it's a wonderful thing when you get there and you feel empty. Yes. Um, and you turn around. But I just want to ask you, when you were in the financial service, you're heading up departments mm-hmm. and people looked at you and they spoke gibberish when it came to actuarial science and oh, things yeah. like that. And they looked at you. Was it done in a way to say to you, listen, lady, you haven't got a clue about what yeah. you're talking about. So just sit there, sign off what I give you. Or was it rather, I respect you as a person. I respect your passion and what you want to do. Mm. Let me use my skill that you've employed me for mm. to be part of your team to go forward. Mm. How did that interaction work with the professionals and experts in their fields? Gosh, I love that question. Nobody's ever asked it quite the I, way you've I tell you why it. I ask it, because it happens to me all the time. Yes. Just to share yourself, sitting with a guy, an expert in investments. He must be 20, 25 years younger than me. Um, got a real baby face. And he was trying to be polite about certain things that I had done. And eventually I stopped him. I said, by you pussyfooting around the issue, mm-hmm. all we're doing is giving our clients the wrong advice. Absolutely. You need to be blunt with me. Yes. I'm coming to you. I said, if you were a doctor and I was ill, I wouldn't second guess yeah. you. And you came up with a solution. Yeah. I would put my life in your hands. Yeah. I'm putting my client's money in your, hands. in your hands. Give me what you feel is the right advice. And from there we went. That's that's wow. where I'm coming from. Yeah. So I actually had um, the very experience that you in, mentioned first. So where... Um, and, and I think a lot of it is also by virtue of being a black female. There is a misconception about black females being there as um, window dressing. So that's it's almost an appointment. Yes. So that's almost always um, the the approach that I I would be um, kind of exposed to. So when I, I first started, for example, in my last role, um, a lot of the guys were kind of really polite, but almost just saying exactly what she said: sit in the corner and be quiet. As long as we don't hear what you have to say, um, you're, then just know you're, you're doing good. Um, and I'm not that kind of person. So over and above all the other points that you've made that I had mentioned um, is the resilience of being choosing your battles, which is something you said just as we walked in, but also knowing that when you have chosen a battle, be prepared to get into the ring and give it your all. And that's what I did. Um, I wasn't prepared to be seen as a token black woman. I was there to add value. I asked questions that made people uncomfortable. And I was probably the most unpopular um, exco member um, in that particular business. But the thing is, if I am comfortable in who I am and in the friends I have and in the life I come from, and in the family I come from, I'm competent. And I, I know that I'm competent to do the job. Thank it's you. not about becoming friends with you. So it's neither here nor there for me, whether you like me, but you must respect me because I deserve to sit on this boardroom table and I deserve to be heard. So I made that really clear. Is respect not earned? Absolutely. And the thing, the thing about respect is it's not that there's a, a bad assumption that respect is earned by being nice to people all the time. It's not. 
people will respect you, whether you are hardcore, whether you make them feel uncomfortable, whether you are nice, but they will respect you on the basis of what your output is. Uh, okay, you, you're definitely coming back very soon. <laughs> um, Craig, let's take a quick ad break because we've missed the first one. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. It is unfortunately 22 minutes past 12, and that's 22 minutes too much for this interview because we've only got seven minutes, as I just said, that left. In studio with me is Tlanani Ntuli, and I haven't pronounced your name correctly, but I'm running away with myself. Um, you are the founder, the CEO, the brains behind Yalu, which is a financial services company, yeah. which has credit life. Yes. Let's spend the last few minutes discussing what it is, let's unpack the idea, and then when you come back, we can expand on that. Fantastic. Okay. So I'm the COO. I am a co-founder because a partner of, um, I did it with a partner of mine who we worked at F&B with. So credit. What is that partner's qualifications? What is their expertise? Yeah. So he, um, was actually the COO at F&B Life and right. he had, he has a business science qualification. Aha. Uh-huh. Right. So he's very, um, finance sort of orientated and I'm more of a social scientist. So it is a good combination. Um, so just to talk a little bit to credit life insurance, because I think the first thing is to define what credit life insurance is before I even go into what Yalu does. Credit life insurance is the insurance that is linked to debt. So if you have a personal loan, as, a, as an example, you are definitely paying for credit life insurance because most providers, if not all, make it mandatory for you to pay credit life insurance. But there are debt products that don't require you to pay credit life insurance. Now, credit life insurance will pay out if you get retrenched, if you become disabled, um, or if you pass away. It pays off the debt, right? So that's out of the way. Now, what happened in 2017 is there was new re- uh, regulation that basically really made it possible for new entrants of the market because the way credit life insurance had been sold all along is that it was tagged onto the loan product. So you don't pay for it as a separate debit order. As you pay your installment for the debt, so is uh, the policy um, uh, installment is in there as well. The premium of the credit life insurance is in there as well. So in 2017, it came to us that there is now an opportunity for us to set up a separate standalone credit life insurance organize, um, or provider or, you know, product in which we provide customers a more affordable product. We provide customers an opportunity to um, earn something back at the end of their loan if they've never um, claimed. And we've made the process really simple so the customer can go and take up the policy themselves online um, in less than five minutes. But really what the key thing that drove us into this space was about creating transparency about um, credit life insurance because it is the most profitable form of insurance there is in the market purely because people don't claim and people don't claim because they don't know they have credit life insurance. So let me ask you that. Let's talk about transparency. Mm-hmm. If someone's got a revolving credit yes, and they're looking at this statement for three months, will it say credit life there as a line item or can the bank hide it under fees or costs? So the legislation now requires it to actually say credit life insurance premium. Interestingly, with revolving loans, it's not mandatory for most providers. So you have the choice. But where the banks are really clever is in the way they sell it to you. So the sales strategies, and I'll, I'll be honest, I was one of the people who was drawing up those strategies <laughs> at the time, says you sell it as soon as 
the uh, the approval on the revolving um, loan is given. Because at that point, if you think about your mindset, this is where social science comes in. I'll just take anything as you're long as I can just get yes, it done I and I can never the money, use it. Right? Exactly. I just want the money. Oh, now you want to, uh, yeah, put it on, put it on. So that's, that's the psychology. Oh, um, it's of only a 16 rand 50. Yeah, it's oh, nothing. Why not? That's the psychology of a consumer. And we know that as business people and we take advantage of that. And that's why it was sold in that manner. So many people that have even credit life insurance where it's not mandatory don't know that they have it. And what's important in, in, in this situation, um, for, for the listeners to understand is if you have credit, whether it's voluntary credit life insurance or mandatory, go get your statements because you will see in your statement that you have been paying for credit life insurance. Um, in most, for the personal loans, as I said, it's absolutely mandatory. Is credit life, will, will it actually, is that the terminology it'll use? Not always. It, sometimes it says debt protection. Okay. Um, sometimes it says credit uh, life, or sometimes it says there's there's different ways that that. Um, but it doesn't providers. say interest paid or interest no. received, nope. so you know it's something definitely different. Definitely not interested, and definitely not administrative uh, administration costs either. Okay. Clarani, just before we we go, I, I just want to bring in maybe the other side, the financial planning side of it, mm. where the maybe the charlatan mentality of what people perceive. Sales in life insurance to be yeah. comes to protect people is when there is someone who passes away. Absolutely. And all of a sudden you sit with the widow uh, as a case very really recently that my office was handling and she said, Oh, I'm so grateful that he had cover at this um, bond original or this bond company for the bond and for this and for that. But at the end of the day, when we finished winding up the estate and the executor had done everything and she was presented with a final bill. The measly amount of laugh cover that he had, which he didn't even realize that he had and he was paying was one of those little niggly amounts, was just enough to cover all those fees. State wound up, but no cash flow. And yes, before we as the public turn around and find the evil in that which has been imposed about us, we were told about, but we, yes, they did catch us in a vulnerable time. It's often to our advantage. And there is nothing, and people in my position as financial planners for many years have dealt with in their career, maybe once or maybe many times, that bone-chilling phone call. Oh, if someone has a bond, does that automatically mean, are you talking about that person who died yesterday? Yes, we are. No, it doesn't doesn't. automatically mean anything. So we could just write off the debt. No, the wife has to find the money. Simple. Or sell the house. So... Yes, before we sort of wrap ourselves over the knuckles mm-hmm. that we create product that is maybe sometimes thrust upon an unsuspecting individual, ultimately it's there for a person's betterment. Absolutely. Um, and that's exactly the principle behind Yalu. It's, it's about creating the right product for the customer in the right time and for them to actually really understand what it is they have, how they claim, when they claim, under what circumstances they can claim. It's not about saying credit life insurance is bad. It is the right product to have. But also, that's why even with my financial services background and with my understanding, I have a financial planner. So I don't I don't have the, 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 the expertise and the capability to do my own financial planning because it's not my area of expertise. So I rely on somebody who is an expert um, to, to talk to me about what is right and what is not given my financial status in that period of time. So I completely buy, even buy into the concept of paying for the financial advice because that is the service that you're getting out of the individual. Come on, give the guy a punt. He's a colleague of mine. (laughs) 
Yes, so I, 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 uh, my financial planner is Grant Curry and has been since my, I think my second or third job. He's been phenomenal. I see him two or three times a year. We do, the, I mean, when I started the business as an example, I had said to them and I said, look, I'm starting a business. I need as much money as I can get out of my portfolio. What can I do? And he said to me, look, the one mistake you should not make is to think that there will not be bad times because there are going to be times that are so bad you're not going to have a salary. I didn't believe him, but here I sit. I haven't um, had a salary for a while now. But that's going to come to an end soon. Absolutely, because Yalu is doing fantastically well. We are in the market. We're educating consumers, and consumers are saying, oh, my goodness, not only do I understand what you're saying, I want a Yalu policy. Right. We're out of time. So let me tell you everybody what I've done. I've called Yalu. I called yesterday. Um, it was in, the phone was answered immediately. There was a nice recording on the phone. Option one, I went straight through. A young lady answered the phone. Did sound a little bit timid, um, but as I engaged with her, she really stood her ground and understood. As I said to you earlier, she said to me, "Sir, you totally must understand the product," which I did. <laughs> and she went through to explain to me. I want to say to her, "Oh, okay. Well, that's not what I'm looking for." There was an oh, but have you heard of? It was thank you. Have a good day. Goodbye. Yeah. And it was just professional. So really well done on that. Thank you. Um, Fantastic. And let's just, before we go, how do people get hold of you guys? So www.yalu.co.za. On the line, it is 010-880-0857 or 54. And then on email, it is info at yalu.co.za. We are also on all social media platforms. It's at yalu.sa or at yalu.sa. And the most important thing you haven't mentioned is a brilliant website. You go there. It's one page. I call the other websites (laughs) ping pong pages where you have to move and shuffle and go up and down to find what you – there, it's just a landing page. Yeah. Boom. Tabs on the top. Oh, contact there. Product. What it's about. It's all there. And it's the same with WhatsApp. If I get a WhatsApp but I can't look at it on my phone, on my, yeah. on my watch and, and get a gist of what it's all about, your social media guy, <laughs> send me a message. Boom. Who must, um, she asked for when she arrives at the station. Wasn't quite sure who it was. I was thinking, <laughs> what station? But boom, I understood what it was. Yeah. If it was Reams, I wouldn't, uh, yeah. I'll get to it. Yeah. Same thing with your website. Um, Talani and Tudi, thank you so much for coming in. This has been an interview more about than just your business. It's yeah. about entrepreneurship in South yeah. Africa. It's about opportunity. It's about future. We will be in touch. And well done to your social, uh, to your media uh, um, guy, Mo, yeah. who really did a brilliant job. Oh. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons and for making sure that I get to the radio station on thanks time. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. I will speak to you again. Craig, thanks so much. Goodbye.